Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on January the 7th, 2011. Newcomers to the show, as always, I guide you into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. On the website, you'll find hundreds of audios for download from talks I've given over the past umpteen years. And remember, all those sites you'll see listed on the com site carry the same shows uh, and audios, but they also carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given for prints up as well. So you can try that for prints up. And uh, if you want ones in other languages, go into Alan Watt Sentinel, sentinel.eu and you'll find a variety to choose from there. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. If you want to keep me going in this fashion, it's a different kind of way of presentation of news. It's a more in-depth uh, coverage, too, of the topics that you're given. And I give you the whys as well to give you the shortcuts to understanding the big picture and, the, and show you that you're just living through a script, a script written long ago by very intelligent people, very rich people, too. And uh, everything that happens now from here on, on is basically just part of the script. It has been your whole life, actually, and your parents, too. But you're going to see acceleration now as we're going to hyperdrive into the new, brand new system. And this is only one phase of it, too. There's many phases for the next 50 years, then another 50 beyond that, and 50 beyond that, etc., etc. That's how the world is planned. Now, if you want to order the books and discs I have for sale, go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and you'll see methods of payment there from the U.S. to Canada, Personal check is good. You can also use an international postal money order. You can use send cash. And some people use PayPal to uh, use. You'll see the donation button on this, the com site. Um, use that and follow it by an email with a name address and the order, and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. There's Western Union as well at the top for direct tra- wire transfer. A bit kind of steep as well, but it's fast. And uh, you can use MoneyGram, which also, I think, can be wired, or they can give you a check to post, which is a lot cheaper. Uh, Cash, again, PayPal to order as well through using the donation button, followed by an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. But as I say, we're going through hyperdrive now because we've already been trained since 9-11 that we're under an authoritarian system, and it's worldwide. And that was the whole intent of 9-11 happening, bang on cue for the 21st century. And uh, that's when they said it would start. Uh, I shall start off the century. Officially, it was 2001, not the year 2000. And we've all been trained rather swiftly and easily, as predicted, using massive psychology and so on, and an awful lot of experience in creating wars and war scenarios and war mentalities to bring us to this particular point in time where we're ready to give up even more rights and so on and be guided into the new world society where the proper people will guide your lives for you and make sure that you run your life properly. And you will have quite a bit of scope within that proper system to do certain things and other things will be absolutely taboo. 
especially what you say. Uh, anything else pretty well goes, but you can't say certain things and react in certain ways to, to certain topics or whatever. In fact, you have to learn to bite your tongue more than learn to speak at all. Maybe by that time anyway, we won't have to speak. Everyone's texting. They've been taught to text to each other and all their thousands of friends that they'll never meet across the world. It's probably from a central computer somewhere. But anyway, that's the world you're going into. It's, it's hyperdrive time now. And uh, the big boys are coming out with their front men uh, all lined up uh, to publish their books and get us ready for the coming authoritarian system. And we'll talk about that when I come back from this break. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. I say we're going into hyperdrive now because whether you know it or not, you've all been trained for the next part already. And we've had so much bombardments of climate change, global warming and coming disasters and so on for many, many years. And a lot of it you can't even remember where you saw bits and pieces of it, like the bits and bites that sink into your brain and embed themselves. But it is embedded there and it's there to work upon you and bring you into the new system, get you ready for the new system so that you you accept it more easily. In fact, you'll question your own sanity or your own judgments as you go through it because your judgments, if you have any at all, won't match up to all the propaganda that is being bombarded at you. And when your friends buckle under and start parting it, you'll just join them as well. That's how easily it works. And, of course, the behaviorists all know this at the top. And every country has massive panels now of behaviorists and psychologists working with them to ensure that it all goes smoothly, including all the possible backlashes there could be. And they've even got them uh, worked out too, how to deal with them uh, when they pop up and arise and turn, which they will down the road. But you're seeing the the, the big boys coming out now, the, the big uh, professors who live their whole life uh, on their duff. Their duff is a rerend, and uh, they've got massive grants and so on, work at the IPCC, and they're putting out their books now because they decided to try and change their tactics. Uh, this, they've admitted themselves that the terrifying tactics they've used in the past to scare us into going along with it haven't worked so well, and also that a lot of their predictions have been uh, off by 180 degrees. So it doesn't stop them because, remember, the whole climate change movement is a socialist movement for control of the world, for a future society. It all ties in with the economic system that's to emerge and everything else. Uh, that's its main purpose. So they're also eugenicists, by the way. They want to drastically reduce the population of the world. And I hate even giving out names of books for some of these characters because they put them out with shock value in their titles, etc., to make you go and buy them. And it's just the same twaddle uh, that you've read before uh, of climate change, again, and more gloom and doom if we don't cut the population, etc., etc. And one of them is a professor, David Shearman, brought out from Australia, who's basically telling us all uh, that you have to give up all your rights, uh, your more rights, and be managed by professionals, professional class. And um, I say I won't give the name of the book. You can look it up yourself. But he also talks about uh, democracy is dead, once again, I've already given you articles before this on other articles that have come out on democracy being dead. 
uh, basically the head of the EU said the same thing, that the nation state was dead and the EU parliament is anything but democratic. It's not democratic at all, any more than the United Nations is. But anyway, he came out with his book and he's, he's parroting what the Club of Rome said because obviously he's a member of that as well. And I'll put uh, some links up tonight on this particular area, but without pushing his book, I don't want to help them to get sold. Um, but it's also another one. It's um, a cartoon version for children to, to show them the kind of uh, world that they grow up into, where computers guide them and so on. And it's planned, Opolis it's called, by another big charitable multi-billion dollar foundation called Forum for the Future, a big, big player in guiding us all on behalf of the masters who own your governments. Uh, so I'll put that up tonight as well. And then I'll go into my other topics. Now, another one I might be up tonight too is Sir James Goldsmith, who gave talks in 1994 about the, the, the devastating effects that uh, the, the GATT Treaty would have on uh, the, the Western world, but especially in America and predicted all the massive unemployment and how they'd all, all big businesses would move, move offshore to China. I'll put that link up as well, and you can watch that. And there's another, another two or three interviews, I think, on the same site with him. He was a great orator. One of the best uh, orations he gave was in front of the U.S. Senate to try and stop them even going through NAFTA because he knew what it was all about and what had happened to Europe as it lost all of its sovereign. Each country lost its sovereignty to totally and completely and they've got massive unemployment as they send all their taxes to these gangsters at the top of the new uh, parliament for the whole of Europe. Because, you see, uh, the free trade agreement and NAFTA has to do with setting up a common government for the Americas. This article here ties in with it too. Now, the G20, and I talked about this too, how the big boys have committees of this, you know, 5, 10s, 15s, 20s, different committees all working on different things. Sometimes they call them councils, sometimes circles, but generally committees. And sometimes G for G for great, the great 20 is one of them, for instance. These are not democratic institutions because none of your prime ministers or presidents who belong to these groups uh, asked your permission to join and create international clubs where they would give away your cash. You understand you haven't been under democracy for an awful long time, if ever at all. And I mentioned uh, a while back that uh, before the last G20 meeting, the whole intent was to raise up the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which comes under the auspices again of the United Nations, but is still a private organization, a private uh, massive bank, you might say. Uh, And it's a conglomerate of banks all working together in reality. But that was the the intent, was to bring up the Bretton Woods Agreement to Bretton Woods, Woods II, uh, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to basically be the main bank for the world with the World Bank on top. And you'll go to them for your drawing rights. That's what they got special drawing rights for every nation through the International Monetary Fund at the last meeting. So I've also talked about the coming food shortages because they're manipulating it. And the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, have been working on this for many years now. A whole part of their website is dedicated to it. They have think tanks working on it. Because, you see, they're going to bring it around. You've you got to understand that they set up a system that had to be th- that one system. Things had to work out as they wanted them to work out in their plan. So they simply make it all happen. 
And I've told the big boys for the last year or two to really juggle all the world's food in the big global supermarket of the stock exchange like any other commodity. And now we have to start uh, coming down into rationing eventually. So this next meeting for the G20 is to do with taking over the world's food supplies and seeing who distributes that. Well, that's to be the United Nations anyway, because I've read their, their books on it a long time ago. So this article is from Yahoo. It says the G20 is to tackle food prices as countries reassure, I don't know, reassure whom. The world's biggest economies are working to find ways to bring down soaring food prices because they've been told to juggle the market. A G20 official said on Friday, as top exporter Thailand vowed to keep rice supply steady and avert a repeat of the 2008 food crisis. It says uh, global food prices hit a record high last month, outstripping the levels that sparked riots in several countries in 2008, and key grains could rise further, the United Nations Food Agency said this week. And you better get used to hearing more about the United Nations Food Agency because eventually, you see, they're the ones who will distribute each uh, country's quota or state's quota or region's quota, as they like to call it, uh, to you. And they've already said years ago that you'll have to keep your population down because they won't up your rations. It says policymakers are concerned that if unchecked rising food prices could stroke inflation, protectionism and unrest. But don't worry about protectionism because serum politicians ain't going to go along with that. They're all globalists too. They'd rather have you starved to death first. It says high food prices and unemployment were blamed uh, for a second day of rioting in Algeria on Friday with, when police deployed around mosques and authorities suspended uh, football matches. I don't know what that's got to do with it. That's with some other article, obviously. So anyway, um, this is Ri Chang Yong, who, who represents South Korea at the G20, said, Working group talks were underway aimed at improving global cooperation to resolve food security problems. And France is also emphasizing food security because that's the agenda. They've already got the IMF up now. Now it's a matter of taking over the food supply and doling so much out to every nation. So I'll put this link up for you to read as well. And for those in America who wonder what's happened, um, here's some 19 facts. This is about the deindustrialization of America that will blow your mind. And I've read something similar to this before. It's quite interesting, though. It says the U.S. is rapidly becoming the very first post-industrial nation on the globe. Remember, that's all to do with the GATT treaty that you all floated through and danced through and all the rest of it. All great economic empires eventually become fat and lazy. That's the reason, apparently. Nothing to do with the fact that they told the, the corporations, go to China, we'll finance you with the taxpayers' money uh, to set up your factories, because that's what happened, folks. It says, anyway, anyway, they get fat and lazy and squandered the great wealth of their forefathers that left behind them, but the pace at which America is accomplishing this is absolutely amazing. It was America was at the forefront of the Industrial Revolution. It was America that showed the world how to mass-produce everything from autos to televisions to airplanes. It was the American manufacturing base that crushed Germany and Japan in World War II. But now we're witnessing the deindustrialization of America. Tens of thousands of factories have left the U.S. in the past 10 years alone. Millions upon millions of manufacturing jobs have been lost in the same time period. The U.S. has become a nation that consumes everything in sight, and yet produces increasingly little. Do you know what the biggest export is today? It says waste paper. 
Yes, trash is the number one thing that we ship out to the rest of the world as we voraciously blow our money on whatever the rest of the world wants us, wants to sell us. The U.S. has become bloated and spoiled, and our economy is now just a shadow of what it once was. Once upon a time, America would literally outproduce the rest of the world combined. Today, that's no longer true. But Americans sure do consume more than anyone else in the world. If the deindustrialization of America continues at the current pace, what possible kind of future are we going to be leaving our children? Well, don't worry about that, son. It's already been figured out by the eugenicists and those who made all this happen, you see. Uh, see, the GATT Treaty literally not only encouraged the big business to take off, it, it told them to take off if they wanted to, to prosper. But the taxpayers pay for it. And by the way, you're still paying under the GATT Treaty if they claim they've got any losses in the meantime. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. It says here that the U.S. has lost approximately 42,400 factories since 2001. Now they're losing thousands and thousands before that during the 90s because of the GATT Treaty. Uh, number two, Dell, Inc., one of America's largest manufacturers of computers, has announced plans to dramatically expand operations in China with an investment of over $100 billion over the next 10 years. And number three, Dell has announced that we're closing its, its, large, its last large U.S. manufacturing facility in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in November. Approximately 900 jobs will be lost. In 2008, 1.2 billion cell phones were sold worldwide. How many of them were manufactured inside the U.S.? That's right, zero. This is number five. According to a new study conducted by the Economic Policy Institute, if the U.S. trade deficit with China continues to increase at its current rate, the U.S. economy will lose over half a million jobs this year alone. I'll add to that unless we can export more paper to them. Number six. uh, As the end of July, the U.S. trade deficit with China had risen 18% compared to the same time period a year ago. The U.S. has lost a total of about 5.5 million manufacturing jobs since October 2000. According to tax notes, between 1999 and 2008, employment at the foreign affiliates of U.S. parent companies increased an astonishing or astounding 30% to 10.1 million. During that exact same time period, U.S. employment in American multinational corporations declined 8% to 21.1 million. Uh, in 1959, a man- manufacturing represented 28% of U.S. economic outputs. In 2008, it re- represents 11.5%. Uh, Ten, Ford Motor Company recently announced the closure of a factory that produces the Ford Ranger in St. Paul, Minnesota. Approximately 750 good-paying middle-class jobs are going to be lost because making Ford Rangers in Minnesota does not fit in with Ford's new global manufacturing strategy. 11. As of the end of 2009, less than 12 million Americans worked in manufacturing. The last time less than 12 million Americans were employed in manufacturing was in 1941. Then it boomed during the war. 12. In the U.S. today, consumption accounts for 70% of the GDP. Of this 70%, over half is spent on services. The U- number 13, the U.S. has lost a whopping 32% of its manufacturing jobs since the year 2000. 
2014 and 2001, the U.S. ranked fourth in the world's in per capita broadband internet use. Today, it ranks 15th. Uh, manufacturing employment in the U.S. computer industry is actually lower in 2010 than it was in 75. Printed circuit boards are used in tens of thousands of different products. Asia now produces 84% of them worldwide. The U.S. states spends approximately 3.9 on Chinese goods for every $1 that the Chinese spends on goods from the United States, and that's true. One prominent economist is projecting that the Chinese economy will be three times larger than the U.S. economy by the year 2040. I wouldn't wait that long. The U.S. Census Bureau says that 43.6 million Americans are now living in poverty, and according to them, that's the highest number of poor Americans in the 51 years that records have been kept. So how many tens of thousands more factories do we need to lose before we do something about it? Well, nothing's going to happen about it because this is the agenda. How many millions more Americans are going to become unemployed before we all admit that we have a very, very serious problem on our hands? How many more trillions of dollars are going to leave the country before we realize that we're losing wealth at a pace that is killing our economy? It's not actually killing it. It's going to kill Americans. You see, the big boys and the corporations are making a killing by moving over to China, thanks to your own politicians signing the World Trade Organization's GATT Treaty, and then saying, it's okay, you're a third world country. Uh, We'll pay, the taxpayer will pay for you uprooting your factories and putting them over there, and we'll pay for the next 10 years for any losses you claim are incurred and, and loss in profit. And by the way, it can be renewed for another 10 years, because that's what happened, folks. So how many more, how many one-street manufacturing cities are going to become rotting war zones like Detroit before we understand that we're committing national economic suicide? Well, ain't that a fact, but it's a done deal, as I say. Uh, and of course, there was no great debate amongst the public uh, in fact, with the public are out of the picture when it comes to these big organizational moves like GATT and, and the IMF and everything else, and now the coming food deal as well. We don't get asked their opinion on, on anything. But mind you, most folk are quite happy dancing away there and uh, watching television. Now, there's callers there. There's, there's Daniel who's hanging on from the UK. Are you there, Daniel? Hello? Yes. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Yes. Why have they waited until this time in history to do all this? Because it was only a hundred years ago that the British Empire was in full swing. Ed Cecil Rhodes, well, he died just after, but you know, British East India Company, um, all these powerful people that the descendants of which are still going now. Why did they let it all go? Well, it, it wasn't time. So that, that was to blossom. That was to blossom into a whole worldwide agenda. Even though the British Empire, Empire was pretty big, uh, it wasn't worldwide. And they knew uh, eventually they'd have to use the states to finish off the job. In fact, they said that. They sent over uh, Rudyard Kipling to talk to the U.S. Senate. And that's what the great poem was about. We hand the torch on to you. So they, they need manpower and more tax money. They'd already depleted Britain uh, and its tax base already with the wars that they had. And uh, they wanted to take over all the world's resources. That's everything, that, including food eventually, and bringing in a, a globular uh, authoritarian society, not democ- democratic at all. It's all part of the big agenda. That's why they waited till now. They've, they've done it now. I'll be back with more after this break. You're listening.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. Is Daniel still there? Yeah, I'm still here, Alan. Yeah, I was going to tell you too that you see, back then, remember too, it was a completely different society. Pretty everywhere you went, a different society. They still had remnants of a religious culture that had to be demolished. That would take time. The women actually liked families and children in those days. That had to be totally destroyed too by sexual revolutions and so on. Uh, and uh, society had to be totally changed itself. That would take time and various revolutions, as they call them, to, to do so. They needed world wars. In fact, the guys, Cecil Rhodes, joined with the Milner Group. They became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They said they needed a world war to make the countries give up voluntarily their sovereignty. And so they had two world wars. They had to eliminate any competition uh, of any other kind of system out and get rid of it, completely demolish it and be left with the one system, which for a while they called it democracy, which was a farce. We never had democracy. And during that time, uh, through agreements, international agreements, um, they've superseded national authority. As I say, and now your politicians go global and, and sign global agreements, so they're not national at all. So it, that all took a 100 years to, to accomplish, you know. I understand. Is it, is it maybe also that they realized that doing it, having economic power is actually more effective than military power. Absolutely. In the long run, they said the power of the purse would be used on the world, worldwide, right down to the individual through excessive taxes until literally you would, your duty, your reason for be, to be born, in fact, would eventually be to serve the state. You'd, you'd be a servant of the world state. That would be your function in the world. That's what's happening now with the volunteerism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, in we're fact, born, uh, we just have to work until we die. Yeah, the EU just announced uh, the year of uh, volunteerism for all youth, and this is them getting trained into working for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, how accurate is that book, A Study of History by Arnold Toynbee? Is that is that okay? Can you trust that book? Uh, it's okay, remembering that he was a globalist. Um, he was a member. His father too. There was two Toynbees. They both had the same positions in Oxford. And they were total globalists. They sat at all the top think tanks. They trained lots of world leaders uh, under the road scholarships. They trained them personally. And uh, if you understand how to read it, it gives a lot of clues away. He even tells you that America would go through about three post-World War II main um, occupations of parts of the world. Uh, they'd falter in one, they'd come back with a vengeance, they'd try for the third, and eventually they'd economically collapse. Well, that's the one we're going through now. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, just one last quick question. You know you said that they've got a virtual twin for everybody. Yeah. Remember you said that. Do you think that at some point in the future they'll actually have us just communicating with our virtual twin over the Internet and we won't actually be communicating with other people? They, they might very well do that. Um, it became kind of boring, though, wouldn't it? Because you'd pal around with someone who knew you too well, and uh, you'd, you'd, you'd agree on everything. Maybe that's what they want, mind you, is just all to agree on everything together. But uh, yeah, I thought if they finding out exactly what we like, ideally they want this virtual twin to be someone that eventually maybe we could communicate with so we don't have to communicate with any other humans. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, what they're doing, of course, as you know, with Facebook and all these other free uh, things put up there, 
is for you to put all your information up voluntarily, which they then grab and they add to your virtual reality you in the Pentagon. And I read the article from the Pentagon. They've been doing this for years. And um, the, what they could do, of course, through other means is find out uh, if you saw which, what they see as, as the, the, the real you with their personality profile and so on, and sometimes you might n- not agree with, uh, you might put in what you think, you, you give your impression of how you are, and, and that way they can find more ways to manipulate you. That's what they'll do it for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand. Okay, Alan, thanks very much. And thanks for calling. And, uh, but yeah, this is the year of uh, volunteerism across the whole of Europe, apparently, and youngsters have to go into it and learn to volunteer and serve the, the new, uh, the new Fuhrer, basically. And that's how it's going to be. And there's Josh from Ontario on the line. Are you there, Josh? Hey, Alan. How are you doing? Not too bad. Now, um, the other night you were talking about groups on the internet, forums, those chat types of websites. Yeah. And, I've been researching this uh, sort of thing that you talk about since I was about 14. And Mm -hmm. I'll go to friends or family and try to have an intelligent conversation with them, but all they want to talk about is the new hit reality TV show or whatever is the new thing in the media, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I go to my professors at university, and they have a whole different agenda altogether. Yes. And I was just wondering... What do people like myself who are sort of ostracized do? Like, there's no one to really talk to about this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, years ago, I, I told people, I said, what you have to do if you're really aware, really aware, is to scour for as much information only for yourself, to start off with yourself as possible. And then, then you must learn to live inside your head most of the time. Because it's a lonely place, and uh, the world we're going into is a, is a world of self-policing, and you'll find articles up on all the psychology sites on, on what they were bringing in that was called self-policing, where um, you're not just being taught to censor yourself to default positions and all this stuff like Sunstein and the rest of them talk about. It's also that those around you will police you, and anything that they, they render as odd uh, will be... Um, put down and reported back to authorities. You know, so-and-so is a bit odd. He's a bit upset about something. We, 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 don't, we can't find out why. We don't know why he's upset about it. No one else is. Um, stuff like that. You'll have yeah, to like literally... Yeah, brother in 1984. Exactly. You'll have to learn to walk through the streets with an expressionless face and, and, uh, and to, just to get by. Because I'm not kidding you, we're pretty well there. We, we are pretty well there at the moment. Folk don't realize it yet, but we are pretty well at that area. We've had years now of authorities saying, report anything suspicious, anybody suspicious. I, I talked to a fellow who was sending a box of chocolates off to his mother via the post uh, service, and um, uh, some woman passing in a car with a cell phone didn't like the look of him and reported him as a suspicious character. A SWAT team came into the post office, spread-eagled him, and it's patted him down the whole bit and ripped open his parcel. Another guy I know, who works for the feds, by the way, uh, went down to wash his clothing in the basement, and someone saw him going down, didn't like looks at him, and uh, she reported down. In came the squad cars into the basement, screaming sirens on, again, guns drawn, the whole lot, and uh, he had to drop his, his, his uh, basket of laundry and get the hands up and the whole bit. And this is, this is the world, they're training them to do it, and everybody with a cell phone is, and unfortunately it's mainly the women, 
have fallen for this hype and screaming stuff uh, because they don't like the look of different characters. They're not their types, obviously. And um, this is happening. Folk are getting near the edge of getting blown away because of of the self-policing that's going on. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You'll find, too, in all Canadian um, um, offices of any kind whatsoever, they're told to, to report anybody who argues with them over any item whatsoever. And you're on camera everywhere you go, too. So you've got to be very, very careful. This is already operating, and you can't really trust people around you. Plus, outside, I'm not telling you another thing as well. The governments of both Canada and the States have so many plants working in society. You'll have a few guys um, from CSIS working in a university, full-time professors. I guarantee you, you know. There's a couple I could even mention, but uh, uh, the government's already planted them there, and these guys uh, get, get salaries for reporting the odd thing here and there, and they also can take on caseloads at times. Uh, in other words, they can take on contracts. Uh, so you can't trust anybody these days, and professors as well are well. They get paid for reporting students who may be a problem down the road. Don't forget what Bertrand Russell said. It says, those students who show exceptional skills, if we can't bring them into our group to make them work for us, give them lots of money, and make them cut off their family from their personal lives so that they're well paid and all the rest of it and very happy living the good life, if we can't woo them over, we'll have to, he said, eliminate them. He meant kill them. Yeah. These guys are dead serious. That This will come down the road and um, we'll see the start of it probably in the next two or three years. That actual, actual amazing things happen. Yeah. Well, so I guess I shouldn't argue about the RFID trip in the... There's no points. There's no points, no. And in fact, I always make it a point that if, if the person doesn't bring up any topics themselves, even in a questioning manner, I don't try and approach them and, and introduce them. If they're not questioning anything, don't approach them. Okay. It's safer that way. All right, well, thank you. Thanks for calling. Um, and there's Sean from California. Are you there, Sean? Uh, yes, howdy, uh, Alan. Yep. Uh, yeah, thanks for your work. I had a few quick questions here. I was wondering how you saw yourself in the agenda that they uh, keep unrolling out on us. Do you see yourself as somebody who's getting, helping them to gather databases of, uh, uh, databases of us who are aware uh, to maybe round us up one day, or are you basically just fair warning to the plebes, you know, to, you know, somehow they get off on giving a warning before they strike us somehow. I, I just All you can do, and I've always said this, I never talk really to the masses. Uh, even though a lot, of, a lot of the people who listen to this show will listen to a hundred shows after me tonight, before, before the morning rises. And, and they'll be so mind-bombed on overdose with information uh, that the, the little bit I get through to them won't stick in their heads. Um, remember what they yeah, said. I when wonder, they don't see you as a big threat, or you or Alex Jones or any of them. They they just allow it to keep rolling on. I think there's some. Well, well, they are. They're not worried about talking. In fact, what they're trying and, and what they've been trying to do, obviously, for a long time, is is to keep people talking forever and and vote for this one, vote for that one, and all that stuff. And that's not the point. All, all you can hope for, all you can hope for, is that you get through to an exceptionally few gifted people who have such an intense hunger for what really has happened. If nothing else, they can chronicle this in later times when I'm long dead to someone else and say, this is what really happened. And 
and this, these were the reasons for it happening, uh, etc., so that someone in the future will have a chance of changing something which we cannot obviously change ourselves today. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, so you, but I was wondering, I'm wondering how they view you in, as part of the, another kind of an arm, like you and Alex Jones or some people like that, as an arm to their otherwise greater means somehow, you know, like a lot of the things they do, there's kind of, you know, they're hidden, occult kind of uh, uh, strategies. And uh, I'm sure you're aware of most of them, but I was just wondering how possibly you're, you might be an arm of something that, works towards their agenda you know what I mean no no you see if I don't promote if I promoted something uh, like a movement and let's get let's get our own political party together or something like that uh, even then I wouldn't be so much a threat I might be a bit of a threat depending where I'd go with it but uh, they'd have it taken over before I got off the ground with it to be uh, honest yeah, with you I see, I see. so they don't, they're not worried they're not worried about anything that you do politically they're not worried about whatsoever they've had that sewn up for over a hundred years and the professor quickly said that himself you know so okay. so but no they're not worried at all if you're promoting violence uh, definitely they'd, they'd grab you immediately and that is the law that, that is the law you see so, so, um, you, but as long as you simply are trying to get through to people, as I say, for nothing else, and even Orwell said this because that he knew this, he knew the agenda in his day. Yeah. Don't forget, these guys were in big top world meetings. They went through to the year 2050 back then, where this world was to go, and that meant socially everywhere. And he said the same thing uh, with O'Brien. He put it in his book. Um, you'd never be a threat. The proles would never be a threat. It says, although maybe in a thousand years. In other words, it could take a thousand years for this kind of information to, to gather momentum and, and somehow at some weak points somehow change a system. That We are under a totalitarian system right down to the individual mind control of everyone. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really deep. I, it, it blows my mind uh, how, how much of a grip they have and... Uh, them having predomination, us being born into it, and it, literally in, in our diapers already being set in front of the television and other means of programming. Um, yeah. So it's really, yeah. It's, it, it's vast. They've had records taken on you from the minute you went to a kindergarten right through to the present. They have all everything pretty well. And things that you couldn't even remember you've done, they, they've got records of it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. The they yeah. really uh, down to the, to the smallest detail. That's it's incredible. Uh, I also had a question here about um, what, what do you think about some uh, the, like some of these weird uh, things that they promote, like say like this David Icke and this reptilian agenda. It seems like he's subversively kind of breaking, uh, trying to discredit, or maybe you know somehow it discredits. The good things that we're doing to help wake people up, they think, ah, oh, you're one of those kooks with mm-hmm. this reptilian nonsense and the UFO. I mean, it seems to be counterproductive, some of the things that some of these guys that are respected come up with. I mean, I look at this reptilian thing, and I'm just like, my goodness. It's, it's- well, if you, want to, if you want to ridicule facts, you, you add a lot of fiction. Uh, and then you get people parroting the fiction 
Uh, and you'll sound like a crazy person if you try to bring all this out to someone. Yeah, yeah this reptilian thing, I wouldn't dare talk to anybody about that. I just... And the rest of it really is just theosophy that's being preached. There's quite a few of them out there preaching theosophy without ever mentioning um, that's what they're preaching. So, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. It is a certain kind of an occultic kind of, uh, they're very, very... Well, you understand, last night I mentioned an article, well, I read from, the, from the, one of the books here by Aldous Huxley and others, and, and Huxley mentioned, he says, those at the end of this phase, basically he's saying at the end of this phase, who put, the, put their minds into metaphysics, etc., and what he's meaning, hoping to escape the wrath that's coming down, um, uh, and they can't live in the now and hold on to the hard facts, uh, they, want to, they want to escape it. He said they're doomed. They're doomed. It's not a tangible thing. It's like a, it's an illusion. Well, I said years ago, you know, that everything's been tried. It's been tried in India uh-huh. prior to this. Everything. And, uh, I mean, Brahmins have held India for thousands of years. And uh, that's their party, you know, the Brahmin party. That's it. And they, you know, literally they could have people trained that everything was karma, everything was predestination. And and if you were your village was being attacked and you were just sitting down having your lunch, uh, you wouldn't re- technically you wouldn't retaliate. You just sit there and allow your heads to be chopped off because you were in a different world. Well, that's awfully that's great for the guys who were attacking you. And you understand when you're off in a different world, um, you got the Christians too. This this new Christianity I call it, which it is new by the way, and it was given again by the same guys that gave them everything else. Uh, the new Christianity with a hand waving. Field, huh? Yeah, and they're just waiting for Jesus to come and grab them because obviously Jesus loves them more than anybody else. And uh, so everything's in God's hands. And, and so in other words, just don't do anything. It's all in God's hand. It's the same technique that's being used. Uh, just take this drug, have your alter experience, get in touch with your power animal or whatever, and everything will be okay. But thanks for calling back after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, and we'll go to Debbie from Michigan. Are you there, Debbie? Hello, Debbie. I listened to a couple of your interviews, and I have to say I think you're absolutely wonderful, and you brought out some very excellent points um, for people to, uh, you know, think about and begin to learn and and to become aware. Um, I wanted to recommend a, a YouTube for some of the listeners that have called in, because as I uh, listen to some of their questions and comments, there's two things that kind of popped into my mind that I took notes on. And one is there's a very excellent YouTube on um, on that on the YouTube network, and it's it's by a, and it's titled "Former KGB Agent." Explains the brainwashing of America. I, I've got it up on my website in the archives. Oh, do you? Uh, uh, be- off. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's a it really is a a wonderful one for people to begin to understand. I, I'll put that up again tonight because I've got it already. There's actually two series with them, and uh, that's Yuri Bezmenov. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm pretty familiar with it because my I was married for many many years, and my former husband became very very involved. 
in a, uh, and this was before the fall of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. but he became very involved with um, um, high-level Soviets. And um, I'm from Michigan, and they're familiar with me here, so I'm going to just be real upfront, uh, as well as the Romney family. And I and I do know some of the Romney family, but and that's something that that so many Americans aren't aware of is that some of our um, well-respected political families have uh, gotten very entrenched in working business deals um, through uh, people who were agents. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah. In, in the foreign country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a company you could look into, and and it's actually the one that my former, because we did eventually separate. Things got pretty wild in our house as they got more deeply involved with these things. Um, but there is a company here in Michigan where a lot of GOP people have run business through, and it's called Kairos Development International. Mm-hmm. And um, they they have on. I'm just going to quote their website. I try to stay very anything anybody can find. I have to say, um, they have been involved in food for oil. Um, they have numerous very high level um, so uh, Russian people on their board, and it is a Russian owned company. It's not an American owned company, and. It, this is something, one of the reasons why we, our country is having um, so many problems here in America is our, our, some of our upper-level families have made so much money. It was totally taken over. Uh, the State Department was taken over. See, McCarthy, the, the McCarthy era, they were quite right. Uh, he, he did not even take part in those, in, those inquiries. Um, but, but the fact was, yeah, that, that they had to take over the State Department first. That was essential for all trade and commerce and so on. And, and it, it was already taken over. But quickly it goes even further, and he says they were also all members of the CFR. And, and of course, uh, a lot of them were mistaken for communists, and a lot of them were both communists and CFR. He says, we don't care who we deal with. And then, of course, you had the Rees Commission, that's perfectly true, that exposed the fact that the Soviet system was to merge with that of America. And that has been well accomplished. It's all through the school system now. As you know, there's no education now. It's social indoctrination for the next system. But thanks Absolutely. for thanks for calling. That, that's uh, that's the end of the show. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's school with you.